Let's Talk Home Repair is sponsored by Matriarchy Build, who provide tele-DIY services connecting homeowners to vetted pros for one-on-one video consultations. Visit matriarchybuild.com to get guidance on projects as small as a leaky faucet or as big as a home remodel. You can even book a session with Amy themselves. Visit www.matriarchybuild.com. Tele-DIY. Like telehealth? Yeah. Cool. I know. I'm Alicia, homeowner. I'm Amy, general contractor. And we're talking home repair. Today we have client stories, we have seasonal maintenance, and then we have your questions. So tell us about this mysterious client that you worked with (laughs) who had a a special story. You know, this is actually my story. Um, Yours? In my story, we had an issue with our bathroom faucet, and it was... um, you know, it was starting to just do a drip, drip, drip. It's like, okay, I need to replace the washer on the cartridge that's inside the faucet. Not a big deal. Let it go for a little while. And it started to, you would turn it on and it would be okay. And then it'd stop running. Meaning you turn the hand. So do you have two handles? Two or handles. Hand? So you have two handles. Two handles. Turn the hot water on. And start run. It would run as normal. Right. And then it would be like something would shut it off. Like just totally block it. Yep, no water. And then if you turned it on more, then you'd get your hot water back. And did that happen on both cold and hot? Nope, it was just the hot water side. Okay, Mm -hmm. ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) We're sleuthing here. (laughs) It didn't happen on the cold side. Happened on the hot Mm -hmm. side. Would run and then stop. But if you ran more pressure towards it, it would reopen would it then free flow from then on out? Yes. Now you're going to do this huge buildup on, <laughs> on what the issue was for this because I still haven't figured out what was going on. So Oh, you don't? That's, that's part of Hold on. I'm going to sit Just over here hold, quietly. Hold on. Tell us the story. So it got to that point where it was doing that kind of weird stuff. And all right, I've got time. You know, you want to start it. At a relatively early hour, so that just in case something happens, you've got time. And I'd think about it at 8 o'clock at night. It's like, nah, I don't want to do it right now. So it was, a, I believe it was a Saturday afternoon, maybe 5 o'clock. And I thought, well, I'll, I'll do it now. I started, I, I took the handle off, or I took the, the little cap, the little cap that's got the H on it, right? Yep. It's on the top of the handle. Um, going to loosen that screw so that I can pop the handle off and then I could take the cartridge off. And before I started doing that, I, of course, turned the water off underneath the sink. First thing that you want to do. So pried the cap off, went to loosen it, loosen that screw that's holding the handle on. Nope, stripped the screw. Ooh. So I was like, oh, great. And one thing that I was going to do, I thought, this is a perfect opportunity for me to, to videotape this. Because, mm-hmm. you know, we have a, a YouTube channel with a few, few um, videos on there. So I was like, this will be perfect. This will be great. It'll be... So I got a great introduction. It's like, this is Amy from Amy Works, and we're going to talk. So, and then I go to turn that, that screw, and it's stripped. What I would normally do would be like, okay, well, I need to go get my drill, and then I can get the screw out that way, either using an easy out, which is a reverse threaded kind of thing, um, or just drilling it will will make it pop out. Well, I didn't have any tools at home. Mm. I had not even in your car. No, mm. no, I had left all my tools out on 
Ladies the island. Ladies and gentlemen, this is what happens when you turn into management. That's right. You don't have any tools. <laughs> I, it's tools. so sad. I have to ask my neighbor for screws. Oh, man. It is so sad. I said, Jeff, do you have any screws? <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, well, then it's going to be a new faucet. So go to the store and um, step back. Okay. So you're able to replace the whole faucet fixture without taking the handles off. Yes. Okay. Well, yes, this particular kind. There are okay. some that you can't, but right. but okay. in this this particular case, yes, I was able to do that. Went to the store, got a faucet. Came home. This should take me 30 minutes. Okay, trip one. <laughs> <laughs> Typically, I do these by myself. And I had help. <laughs> and it was... Not that they wanted to help me, but I was kind of a little crabby about having to do it by myself. So proving a point. Mm, I got a little karma going on there now. <laughs> yep. So, so get it all ready. The the bottom, the little plastic waterproof plate that goes on the bottom of it, you know, that'll keep the water from just so I put that on there and put a little silicone on the bottom of it and, and want to hold it in place so that doesn't fall forward. So I had Heather hold on to it as I'd hold this. And I went underneath and I tightened it. And she said, well, it moved a little bit. And I said, oh, it should be okay. It'd be all right. And so I, you know, hook everything up. I got the water supply in there hooked up and, and, and everything. And we've got the plunger for the sink drain. I hook that up and everything. And then I get out from underneath the sink and I look at it and it's like, that's not going to work. It was really messed up and it had slid. So there was this gob of silicone caulk that was underneath there and it's like yeah okay I need to fix this so I had to take it all apart so it had moved a lot it had moved a lot yes okay. and it moved a lot and that plate was kind of crimped underneath one side and not the other and it mm -hmm. was just it was it would have driven me crazy every day to go use that faucet so I took it all apart took that plastic plate off of the bottom realized that I had it upside down Heather was very, very sorry that she had messed it up. And I'm like, well, you didn't. I did. I'm sorry. <laughs> Put it all back together again. I'm glad we had a professional handy person. Right? Okay. Right? <laughs> so took it all apart, fixed the plate, put it back on, reconnected the supply lines, the drain and all this stuff, turned it on. Now I have a leaking supply line that goes from the valve to the faucet. Typically, I will change those out. Whenever I do, whenever I do a faucet, I'll, I'll change new supply lines just because it's easy. You're talking about the um, braided, braided steel, yeah. braided steel yep. supply hose. Yep. So when I went to get the faucet, I did not purchase new supply lines. Fortunately, I go down in my garage and I've got a bin of, because I used to do this stuff all the time. <laughs> I have a bin and I have one faucet supply line. That would have been trip two. So I go and I fix that, put that new line in and go to turn it all back on. Now the cold side is leaking. And I looked at those valves when I started and what's coming out of the wall is galvanized pipe. Oh, yeah. So it's not as forgiving as copper would be. And I don't know how long they'd been in there. But and if it's galvanized, it's probably pretty old. Because when was the last time galvanized was used regularly in plumbing? 
Oh God, I couldn't tell you. Okay. Where they where they actually pipe a house with galvanized. Well, why that would be coming out, you know, why that would right. be in it's the bathroom. Right, it's probably original. I mean, the house was built in 63, so right. probably original. So it starts leaking from around the valve. It's like, okay, do I have another valve? What is it that's actually leaking? So I try and tighten it, and it starts to leak more. It's like spraying. <laughs> now it's spraying water. And it's 830. I'm glad we started early. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm so glad I started early. So, man, I, you are running out of options, non plumber <sighs> options, right? right? So, I went downstairs, of course, and turned off the water. Now, I remember I have no tools. I have my little toolbox, which has got like my screwdriver, my multimeter, it's got a couple of wrenches, it's got a, you know, um, a uh, putty knife, It's but, you know, it's got nothing really of significance <laughs> in it. So I called my neighbor. Does he have a pipe wrench? And his dad used to be a plumber, so I thought maybe he would, maybe he's got one. No luck. No luck. It's like, okay, hmm, what am I going to do? Because I don't want to go buy a pipe wrench because my tools are on the island. There's not, it's not like I'm going to go get them. All right. It is not convenient for you to go get these tools. No. It's a multi-hour trip it to is. get the tools. It is. We're talking It's not tomorrow. just down at the office. Right. Right. Okay. So I go downstairs, again, in the, the few tools that I do have. Now, I do have a plumbing box that's got, like, fittings in it. And it's got a handle puller in it. It's got a, a, a cartridge seat wrench and just some weird, weird stuff. (laughs) And it has what's called a pipe extractor. And what this is, it's a, it's a piece of metal. So you don't have a hammer. I do. But you have a pipe extractor. I do have a pipe extractor. So I take this pipe extractor and fortunately it's the right size because it's, it's, it's a piece of metal. It's maybe five or six inches long. And on one half of it, it's got, um, it's gnarled, I guess you mm-hmm. would call it. So it would grab, so something. grab something. And then it also has about half an inch from the end. It has a cam that is off-centered that, so when you pivot it, when you, when you stick that pipe extractor into a pipe and you turn it counterclockwise, which would be how you'd want to you know, to, to get it out, mm-hmm. that cam will spread out and grabs the inside of the pipe. And so I'm thinking, this, this is going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Wow. Nope. Nope. Couldn't do it. So there, when I took the valve off, there was still thread left on the galvanized pipe that's sticking out of the wall. So I thought, well, if I just file that down, then I should be able to get the, the valve back on. There's enough thread. So I, so I worked on so it'll that. So be, it'll be fewer thread, but right. they'll be better, uh, have more integrity. Right, right. They're not the you so know, they could, crumbling kind of, right, th- that had come off so with the So you're thinking valve. of using the same valve, you're just cleaning up the threads and hoping for purchase. Right. Trip number three <laughs> that I didn't have to make, right? But still, what how, the average number of trips a, a homeowner has to, to take to the store to do any kind of home repair. Right. So the average number is three. There were my three. I was just fortunate. Is I that a real two. number? That is a real number. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So if you do four or five, you know, but yes, three is the average. So I spent um, probably a good 
hour, hour and a half, trying to file the end of this pipe so that it's even. So when I go to screw that valve in, it's going to catch the threads properly, you know, because if it was crooked, it's going to cross thread and, and, oh, so I got it all, you know, nice and flat. And of course I'm trying it every, you know, two minutes or Mm -hmm. so. And I get it to the point where it's like, okay, it's flat. There's nothing more. I can't do anything more. And I made sure that the threads were all good. And I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying. It is just not going on. And that's when I realize that the end of that pipe coming out of the wall, it's a tapered thread. Mm. So the end of the pipe is actually tapered. But what had broken off was the narrow part. So the threads were then... Too big. Too big to go into the valve. So there was no way that connection was going to be made. It's 11 o'clock. <laughs> yeah. Now, I okay, I took a break and I watched the uh, Friends reunion on HBO for a little bit. Just take, you know, just take my mind off of it. You need a fresh perspective. Right. So I just kind of laid there and looked at it, you know, willing something to happen (laughs) and racking my brain. It's like, what can I do? Just what, what can I do? My next step was to remove the drain pipe and everything from underneath the sink so that I had the entire underneath this, because I had been fighting with the drain the entire time, going to wrap my arm around it and all this kind of stuff to, to file down on that. And so it's like, all right, you pipes are out here. So, So I took that apart. And I'm thinking, God, I hope these don't break. <laughs> Fortunately, that day I didn't have any breakage. It was all it was all new, new plastic pipe. Got it all out of the way. And so the only thing I could do was go back to that pipe extractor. It was the only oh. thing I could do. So I had my biggest crescent wrench, which I do have in my toolbox that I always carry, and just body weight hanging on it and hanging on it and it was the last, of course, this was, the, no, that wasn't the only injury I had, but I did have an injury when I got it because it let loose. And of course I smashed my hand and there's blood and <laughs> I had hit my head on these little. Now it's a real project because blood has been let. Right. It's like, okay, you can fix it now. Yeah. So I was able to finally get that out. And I had a spare two inch nipple in my plumbing stuff, trip four. so I was able to and I had Teflon tape and everything so I was able to put it all back together got in bed about 1230 that is my story of the bathroom faucet looking back is there anything you would have done differently approached differently given up differently well I know some things now yes I think that if if I would have just gone ahead and taken all the drain pipes out from underneath the sink and then really had that room opened up and really worked on, um, you know, with my large crescent wrench to work on that pipe extractor, I think it would have come out. But I wasn't, because the pipes and everything were in the way the first time that I was trying it, um, I wasn't able to get enough purchase on it to, to be able to get it out. And that's a hard choice to make because that was an effort to take all that out and another risk because yeah. you're going to have all other possibilities of right. leaking. And again, I've done it enough that it's like, and it was plastic pipe. I had enough 
spare down in my, uh, you know, garage that I was able to, that I would have been able to put it back together. I could have put a bucket under the sink for the night, right, if something had gone wrong with, wrong with that. But yeah, just clearing it out, just like if, if you really have to get in there and, and work on it. Um, and I, I think this would, this would have been a real challenge for your typical homeowner because, you know, it's like, how many people have a pipe extractor? Well, exactly. The thing that I find interesting about the story is that you were slowly getting closer and closer to a point of no return. Right. And to start thinking about extracting that pipe, that starts feeling like a point of no return. That's the point that you got to. Like right. filing down those, that was now useless. Right. Couldn't There's no way you could have nope. made it work. Nope. Nope. So that was exciting. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I didn't think it was that exciting at 1230 on a Saturday night, but I just wanted to share that. I thought that was it because people just get, they, they get frustrated. Yeah. And knowing that even those of us who have done it a hundred times, it still doesn't always go right. And going back that and going back to try that again. Right. Right. It's you like, I, I, I have to do, and it was just enough different that I was able to, to get it. So, and, wow. and somebody who maybe was stronger than me could have gotten it the first time around. Who knows? Right. But I mean, I was hanging. <laughs> 165 pounds. I was hanging on that thing and it was just not moving. And hard to know um, when you're doing it for a first time, like you say, you knew, okay, I can wrench on this pretty, pretty right. hard because mm-hmm. some things are gentle and some things are not. Right. And right. I find that most of the time you have to hit things harder than you think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, had it been copper, I would have been really leery to to have used as much force on that as uh, as I did. Sure. Because copper is quite a bit softer. Sure. Yep. Wow. If you have a similar saga... <laughs> Let us know. Let us know about it so that she can feel better about herself and her profession. Whew. Email us at askamy. And amyworks.com. All right. That was a heck of a client story. You have seasonal maintenance tips for the summer season, right? I do. I what do. should we do? Now, some of these, because we've been, we've had several episodes come out and we've talked about uh, maintenance and stuff. And then when we started some, um, I think the first ones that we did were in the fall. So you get some, and in the winter, so you get some overlap. Some of these things you're supposed to be doing every six months. So like, oh, we heard that one already. It's like, no, it, it's not that you've heard it. Yes, you've heard it, but <laughs> you're supposed to do it twice a year. And again. Right. It's okay. uh, You do it again. And once, it, it's not a one and out. Right. right. You're, you're doing this all the time, as long as you own the house, all the time. It's better to do the maintenance than it is to do the repairs. There's that. So, and it costs less costs a lot less. Amen. Yes. So what's what do we do? So in the summer, uh, it is suggested if you have a leaky faucet, then <laughs> let's let's replace them. Let's let's get your leaky faucet so it's not wasting a whole lot of water. Um, actually, had my rental property. I got notice from the water company that they uh, detected a leak or suspected a leak because the usage of the water had increased uh, significantly. I contacted the tenant. And I asked, I asked him about it, and he said um, that the sprinkler, he had a, a sprinkler on the end of a hose that apparently had gotten left on mm. or something, but there was a leak there that was enough that um, it created the, you know, the, the up and water wow. usage and stuff. So, so just, you know, make sure you're, especially hoses. 
hose bibs and, and hoses are just awful for, for leaking because you don't really use them that often. Mm-hmm. And those washers dry out and they'll leak. And, and yeah, so check those out. The ones, uh, uh, check underneath your sink for any uh, water, um, any water damage or any, any, any sign of that you've had a leak underneath there. Right. Boxes stuck on the bottom of the cabinet is a good one. Mm, mm. Um, what else we got? Oh, clean your dryer vent. We've talked about that one. Yes. Get your, get your dryer vent brush and, um, take care of that. Uh, make sure the exterior of the house, you don't have that bird cage on it so that you're not getting the lint doesn't build up in there. It's a, you know, huge fire hazard. Right. So, um, those are the couple of things we'll talk about today. So pretty easy. We've talked about them before. Mm-hmm. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to some questions sent to askamy at amyworks.com. What questions have we gotten this week? So we get a lot of, uh, uh, when we're doing a remodel, and we'll have clients that will want to purchase their own tile um, or purchase their own flooring or whatever. And so they want to know, well, how much do I need to, how much do I need to buy? And (laughs) (laughs) so, and then they just don't, they just don't know how. So we're going to do a little math. What's your go-to percentage? 15. You can do 10, but if you're doing LVP floor, I suggest 15. How much did you have left over when you did your floor? <laughs> okay. This is my uh, mea culpa <laughs> to Miss Amy at Amy Works. Mm-hmm. Um, I was advised by my friend Amy to buy 15% more than what my square footage uh, penciled out to be. I was a little irritated. I thought it was wasteful. <laughs> I didn't, I wasn't going to need a lot to do repairs down the road. That's, you know, one thing to consider. You might want a couple pieces of that stuff in case you have some damage, you can replace them with the original, a part of a box. But not that you 15%. Got. 15% was ridiculous. Hmm. How'd that work for At you? At the end of the project, my sister helped me on the last day of installing it, and she was instructed, come hell or high water, she was never to tell you. <laughs> we had one full board left. Wow. And that was after being very careful with a pretty large project, but being very careful, we had one full piece wow. left. And you did buy the 15% extra. We did buy the 15% extra. Uh-huh. <clears throat> right on. <laughs> so that was too long a story wow. to say, I am now in the strong 10 to 15%. If it's a, I, I think that percentage is, is even more important. The high percentage is more important on a larger project right. because you can make larger mistakes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, yeah. bigger mistake to that. Yeah, and I found that, I don't know why, but that for the LVP, I've done uh, several um, several projects. And if, if you go less than the 15%, you end up having to order more. And it just is a pain. And with the, with the designs being the way they are, it is very easy to expect that um, that exact board may not be gettable, right? Or, yeah, right, right. You could end of the end of the lot or end of the, the stock or, you know, yeah, we're six months out. Maybe you'll get it, especially now. Yeah. Yeah, so you just don't know. 
Okay, so um, so if somebody wanted to know how much tile they needed for their tub surround, take and you're going to measure from, say you're on the you're on the front where your faucet is. You measure from the corner all the way over to where you want the tile to end, and say that's going to be 32 inches. You got a 30 inch tub, so you've got 32 inches, and then you want to go from the tub to the ceiling. So if you've got 92 inch ceilings, your tub is for simplicity. The top of the tub. The top of the tub is 22 inches. So then we've got 70 inches. So the square footage is going to be the 32 times the 70 is going to give you the square inches. Divide that by 144 because there's 144 inches in a square, square inches foot. in a square foot. And that's going to give you going to give you the square footage that you need for that wall. Then you do the same thing for your longer wall and the same with the back wall. Add them all together. And then typically it's about 60 square feet is what you need for an enclosure. Mm. And then plus or minus the 10 or 15%. Why are you saying minus? You'd never minus oh, the 10%. Oh, that's true. Yeah, you, know, right? you wouldn't. Right, right, right. Okay, Sorry. And then you add the thank 10%. You, thank you for the thank the you 10 for to the 15%. Percent. Yeah. Plus or minus. <laughs> You'll never want <laughs> less of it. Um, no. Is there a special consideration if your tile is larger or smaller? Not really. Once you calculate your square footage, you know, round up to a whole piece number. Or a whole well, number. A whole okay. number. And then figure oh. out how many square feet are in a box and always go up with that, right? It's like, well, this is, it's going to be 12 and a half boxes. Well, do I want 12 boxes or do I want 13 boxes? I'd go ahead and get the 13. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Got another um, question? Um, I do. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We did it. We did them all. We, we covered it all in the whole thing. Do we have we one question? LVP. Well, it was the math question we were talking about. Um, oh, oh, yes. Yes. I'm sorry. So do we have another question? We do. We do. <laughs> what did they say? Um, they wanted to know about putting LVP, or luxury vinyl plank flooring, mm-hmm. which, which we've just got done talking about, um, on concrete. And um, how much prep do you need to do for mm-hmm. that to be done? And what we have found is as much as we would like to do as little prep as possible, we are finding that we need to do more and more floor leveling, um, especially basement concrete can sometimes be beat up. It can have chunks that are, um, you know, uh, high from the surface right. or divots and that kind of stuff. And over time, even though the, the LVP is, is a thicker product than what, say, sheet vinyl and stuff was, and um, the the imperfections of the concrete or the, the roughness of the concrete will start telescoping through um, the finish. So it's, it's best to, if it looks bad, to go ahead and do um, some floor leveling, which will make it really nice and smooth. And make it a, a whole lot nicer, um, especially four or five years down the road. Is there a threshold that that you consider, or in general, are you just saying even if it's just a little bit, go ahead and and level the floor? Well, there's a, there's a degree. I mean, there are there are some that where you look at it and it's like, oh, it's really bad. We need to put you know floor leveler in. And then there's others where you know this doesn't this doesn't look too bad. Um, there's a couple of spaces and, and somebody may say, that's fine for me. I don't care. It's a basement. It's going to be a kid's playroom. We're going to have workout equipment down here. It doesn't matter. And then there are other times where it's like, no, this is going to be a media room. We're going to have 
parties down here and we want it to look really nice. Right. So it, it all depends on what your use is going to be. But if it looks really bad, I would definitely suggest that you do because then you're going to have it's going to start to split at the seams and things like that. And sure. It's, you're not going to be happy with it. And how much extra time does that add to your project? If you're really excited to do it, but you should do that leveling, how many days does that add? Uh, of course, it depends on your uh, how big it is. Of course, I would sorry. give yourself a, a full day um, to do if you've got you know a full weekend day um, to be messing around with with leveling compound. It's kind of fun. It's yeah, because it's you know you you it's like concrete, but you mix it up so it's like pea soup consistency, and then you pour it out and you just don't touch it. Um, and it has to set for about twenty four hours though, right? I believe so. Yeah. I, yeah. Well, I, I think it depends on the product you're using. Sure. Yeah. And there's also a, a roller. Um, that you can use that's got these little plastic spikes all over it that will help level it out as well. But nice. if you're only doing it once, I don't know if you'd want to purchase a roller. Right, right. So, yeah. That sounds great. Well, thank you for your questions. If you have a question, please send them to askamy at amyworks.com and we'll talk about them. Thank you, Amy. Thank you, Alicia. Makes me wonder. This podcast is sponsored by AmyWorks, a residential remodeling contractor in Seattle. We want to help you realize the dream of your next kitchen, bath, or basement remodel. Check out some of our work on our website, amyworks.com. Give us a call at 206-478-2019 or send us an email at help at amyworks.com.